back to the Cock and Ball podcast, or when you look at all things Spurs in the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane, I'm Tom, aka Fenn. And like Taylor Swift, we are re-releasing our back catalogue to break away from the tyranny of Jules and Jim, who can't join us tonight. <laughs> but with me tonight is an old classic to some, but a broken record to most, it's Ash. <laughs> Good evening, Tom. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. And alongside him tonight is uh, Podcasting Royalty. A collaboration of which has never been seen since Torval and Dean Robson and Jerome of Bent and Chab- Pavlichenko. It's Mr. Plath, <laughs> Hello. Thanks for the intro. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, this, it's not podcasting royalty. I don't even know what that means. It's just we talk into a po- uh, into a mic and talk about Spurs. That's all we do. <laughs> but it's lovely to be on because, uh, to be fair, like full disclosure, I came to you and said I'd love to come on your podcast. It isn't like. You know, I, 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 I've listened to a couple of your episodes and I really like what you do. And, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And it's not under duress either. He, he has no. said that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I initiated this. I, I, yeah. I, want, to, I want to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really, we, we really appreciate that, actually. I think one of your recent uh, Fighting Cop podcasts, just to prove that I listen to your stuff as well, um, you were talking about having uh, Conte's kids. Um, we haven't got Flabs or any of his family. Oh yeah, so right. yeah, yeah, I remember. Do you know? Do you know the funny thing about that is um, that so, so we we generally record the podcast when we're all drunk, or certainly I'm drunk. <laughs> and um, you say things when you're intoxicated, intoxicated that would um, you wouldn't otherwise say. And you wake up the next morning, and sometimes before you go to bed, and this has been a, a mainstay through the last eleven years of recording the fighting cock. Is that fuck? Have I? How is that going to go down? <laughs> Do you ever get DMs from people who are just thinking that it's some kind of actual cup fighting? Uh, no, uh, do you know, Job? Early early days, there were we would we would um, certainly on Facebook because it's different then. But we we would get added to groups about actual cup fighting. Um, <laughs> and the worst one, he to this day, this happens regularly. In, uh, in in you know you know like if you if your DMs are open, you can be added to other groups. And generally, mm. it's it's sort of gay sex groups that we get added to yeah. it uh just and then you sort of you're added to this group and then you're just confronted with a, a barrage of dick and um <laughs> <laughs> which you know i mean I, I can i can appreciate a good dick like any other man but um it's not what really what you want to open <laughs> open up on, on on twitter on a tuesday morning when you're taking the kids to school and there's dick on your screen <laughs> right what should we speak to you about well of course it's going to be top in a minute yeah. Full time fans here. That's why we all do this. As you say, speaking into the boy about Tottenham Oxbow and see who picks it up and listens on the other side. Let's get some quick fire questions. Let's get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Um, right. Favourite condiment, ketchup or mayo? Or oh, fuck, I love Fair a condiment. I, I wish I could pick my camera up and show you my fridge. Uh, <laughs> at the moment, I, I, it's uh, it's not very exciting, but a sriracha, um, oh, I've got a lot of chili sauce. Uh, yeah, any kind of mustard, horseradish I have on everything pretty much um but yeah like anything mustard horseradish that kind of level and the, uh, honestly my, my favorite condiment though uh, is uh, reggae reggae i just I rate that so highly <laughs> it's a ma- amazing amazing condiment but you wouldn't make it very far in the canteen at spares anyway we'll put it that way no, no. Uh, next big question this is going to make or break you in our eyes i think are you chicken okay. or are you sam's chicken i'm a vegetarian so i'm neither <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Sorry about that. We haven't done much research, have we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, fully, I fully appreciate the chicken culture. 
and and, and what a massive part of that. I when we used to put out uh, fanzines back in the day, like physical, we, we used to make you know physical magazines that you could read about Spurs. We did like five or six uh, issues of it, but it was, it was such an expensive thing to do and sort of return was minimal but what you were doing was was good it it, it was you were creating something that people rated i think um but we in order to sell it it wasn't just about doing it through the internet it's about getting into the you know in typical sort of fanzine culture i'm not, I'm not sure if you guys remember it i'm not sure how old you are but but when i was very young fanzine culture was was a, a big thing about you know what what preceded podcasts and anything any kind of fan media on 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 the internet was um was fanzines so we wanted to hark back to that but what's important about that culture is selling it outside the ground now we weren't going to do that we weren't going to fucking get loads of change and everybody had, you know what, if someone <laughs> wanted to buy and only had a tenner we had check, it was too complicated so what we thought we'd do is go into places like uh chicking or the pubs around um, Tottenham and all of them were receptive all of them were really kind of open to us um, selling our fanzine and in return we would give them back I don't know, 30% of whatever we sold but Chick King was the one, one of the ones we went in there we went don't need it don't, I, don't, I don't know who you are what you're doing I don't care about your fanzine do you know how many fucking fans come in here and buy chicken <laughs> don't need your, your poxy little fanzine can't you fuck off and I, walk, I walked away from it and it's really hard on this but yeah I see your point <laughs> If you did eat chicken, we'd recommend Sam. We actually think chicken's overrated. But, is it? Yeah, but it's a, it's a it's a proper subculture now, and I quite like all the jokes about Conte being spotted outside chicken. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah, the I idea of it. Well, it's mad that a chicken shop has become synonymous with the match day going fans experience, and then and that's that's an important thing and something that needs to be cultured and savoured and remembered. So it's good that these memes yeah. exist with Conte standing outside chicken. But do you reckon that culture's changed a bit? Because our next question was going to be old, or late or new. 100% old. But and obviously, I'm not going to say anything that anyone doesn't hasn't thought already. That you understand why the new stadium was built and how important it is for for if we're going to compete on the on the pitch. If you believe what Daniel Levy said, that if we are going to compete, we need a stadium that rivals, if not better, anybody any other team in the league. And the amount of money we generate from it and all the other shit that comes with it, like the NFL and the concerts and boxing and whatever it might be, all that's important to to generate revenue that we can, if the motives of our owners are correct, uh, can be siphoned down to the match day. Uh, sorry, the, um, the the playing stuff, the people that that that, that, that sort of drive the football club. So if if that's if all of that is correct then the stadium had to be built but your relationship with your club is based on everything you've experienced watching your team play and we've experienced so much at the old white lane that it will take decades for the new white lane to even rival it that's not to say you can you can't appreciate what the new stadium will bring them and the things that will will happen in that stadium but right now I don't think anyone who went to the old White Lane and certainly in the last season, you know, beating Manchester United and mm. beating Arsenal, um, you know, you look back at that and it, they were wonderful times and the, like incredible, incredible memories were made and 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 not just in the history of our club 
and 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 that was important in the 60s 70s and 80s when we won trophies remember those days but (laughs) but no no nor do i (laughs) but but, you know people tell you that it was good um that that you know even in the last 10 years with pochettino and and redknapp before him um we had moments to save you and we haven't had those just yet in the uh, in the new stadium, so yeah, definitely at this moment, hundred percent old stadium. But I think those sort of moments, are sort of something that we're losing from football culture, isn't it? Because but you got to well, how many exist? Um, you got just everyone on Twitter just moaning about how many assists or goals or someone scored. And the match day experience has sort of been diluted, isn't it? But um, to give to give the club some sort of credit, they can't have done anything more with the stadium than they did to try and keep some sort of culture in it. So. It's a fair play to him, but oh, I remember, I remember the the first the first game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, I got a ticket, went into, it, and it was uh, bizarre, but it, we were surrounded by the stadium, which is gigantic. But you're looking down on the pitch, and you're like, I'm looking down at White Lane now. I'm looking down at, even though it's, it's a completely different shape, it's in a different um, it, different place completely. You know, the the centre spot of the old ground is sort of engraved in the south stand isn't it yeah exactly so you can you can stand on where the old center spot was but it's it, looking down on it, it, it they whatever they did it did feel still like the old white lane despite it's like the old white lane on drugs it was like it was so much <laughs> so much um so much better and so much or well, i'm saying in terms of what you expect from a modern stadium yeah. it was better but yeah i mean they they i think they they did a wonderful job and Daniel Levy did a wonderful job in ensuring that. Some there. I was going to say, careful how you say that. <laughs> I dare you give him a. I'm well over that. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, on, on our podcast, I, I talk, I talk. You know, I, I still, I understand where the frustrations come from from other fans. I really do, and I, you know, the the managerial search in the summer was farcical or even before the summer was farcical towards the end of last season um but i i still genuinely believe that we we are a better club with him in charge and we can potentially achieve more with him in charge than if we didn't have him um and that's part of that is is about the way finances are regulated in football but also we, I, I, I don't think another chairman would have been able to achieve what he has achieved in building Spurs up to be a club that is primed for glory. I don't, I don't, I don't feel there was another like Abramovich, obviously, but, 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 but that that comes from a different state. That, that you know, you can't compare what Lee, you can't compare Levy and Abramovich. Abramovich had a, had his motives and his ideas about why he was taking over a football club because he needed to. Per, he needed a public presence for reasons we won't go into right now, <laughs> but because you're you're mate you're on this podcast as a journalist, and I'm not going to make your life difficult. But you know he he um you can't like Daniel Levy did it in the same way as any other normal chairman in inverted commas would have done it, and exceeded beyond all of those. You know the the best comparison would be Arsenal. You know when when yeah. when uh, when Levy took over Spurs. Arsenal were certainly two or three years after the, when he joined were, were light years ahead of us. They had the the invincible season in 2004, and we were like a nothing side, a nothing side. And from now, from from that point to where we are now, they haven't finished above us in six seasons, five seasons, I think. So, 
and and we are a huge, huge club. You can attract managers like Conte. Like, Conte would never have gone to Arsenal. Never. Not in a million years. Jose Mourinho would never have gone to Arsenal. He came to Spurs. What needs to come next is trophies. And I feel like we're in a good position to make that happen. And people who really hate Daniel Levy are, in my opinion, those that need success right now rather than seeing a little way down the road where it might come. I just feel like if you can't if you can't accept where he's done well, then the reasons why you hate him are sort of invalid. And I think it was uh was it Alistair Gold who said he's done everything he needed to do off the pitch and now is the time to focus on the pitch. So as long as I think it's only right now that we judge him between now and yeah, in the indeed. next decade is and, only fair. Paratici coming in seems like a, a bit of a master stroke. Conte's yeah. there, if you believe everything you read, Conte's there because of Paratici. The money's there. If you look at the Look at that that news report that came out. I can't remember where it came from, but we have four hundred million pounds to spend before we yeah. even, even even in breach of uh, any kind of regulate regulation in terms of how you spend your money. If he does spend it, if we spend two hundred million over the next without recouping stuff, if we spend two hundred million over the next two transfer windows, as speculation. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what more he could do. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it really. I, I don't get it. I mean, he could knock down a new ground and rebuild the old ground. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You don't rate the new ground now. No, no, I do. I do actually agree with you. I think for pretty much everything you've just said, which is uh, it's uh, it's unpopular amongst the most vocal of people on on the interwebs. Anyway, I think I think it's absolutely fair to say that if you look at the way that Sugar was running the club. Uh, certainly when I was growing up it you know it wasn't it wasn't in a good place it wasn't actually being that sensibly run a lot of it was knee-jerk decisions by a man who'd never really dealt with this kind of beast before and like the 90s was a time of new money into football that the Premier League era was kind of really taking shape you know these sort of big owners with big money were coming in and spending money and Sugar saw that and tried to take advantage and Levy was kind of joining in on the end of that that wave before the Abramovich era uh, and the Super Ritz completely changed football again completely. And I look at where we were then, I look at the infrastructure we have now. I remember the first time I went to the new wire lane, I was like, wow, I was in the bottom end of the, the park lane end and I looked up, I couldn't believe how big it was. It is, it's, yeah. it's a daunting stadium. It's it's beautiful to watch it's so well crafted and you, you compare us to Arsenal and I think you're right to firstly because fuck them we own and secondly <laughs> did like the Emirates was um you know it's easy for me to say that because I am but it was it was a it was a failure it was an abstract failure they, they built a perfect stadium but not a football ground if you know what I mean it's yeah, it was a perfectly like adequate dome the Benfica stadium in it exactly the same as Benfica stadium that, that it's, it yeah. was an identikit it's like oh we need a stadium there is an architect or a firm over there that has built one before. That looks all right, and that and that that is that that sums up Arsenal Football Club. They don't. They, they're a plastic football club. They come from uh, a foundation of complete bastardry, if that even if that's even a word. But I like it. I feel like it, it fits. Now. It is now, yeah. And and, and uh, you know that that sums them up. Is that they they'll happen. What was what I was most impressed about when the new stadium was mooted and it took a long time to come to come to the fore but they 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 talked about the atmosphere being the um 
at the forefront of what they were trying to do, which I, i.e. the fans. And it might be lip service, it might be bollocks, it might be nonsense, but it felt genuine. And we have a stadium like no one will ever build throughout the whole world ever again. And Arsenal just, oh, that looks good. That Like a Lego stadium, fundamentally. It was just, it had been yeah. done before. That suits our yeah. needs. We're building it on a rubbish dump, which was around where, where I... Uh, that, that's that's not a joke. It was a it was a tip. It was a place where people would dump the shit that they didn't need. And uh, I, I live I lived at the time in Holloway, mm. so I remember it. I remember there was a, an estate next to to, um, to 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 Ashburton Grove, which is the actual name of it, not the Emirates. And we would go up the uh, towers in Harvest Estate as a kid, and we'd look over the rubbish dump and watch fucking dump trucks just poor shit on that ground <laughs> so I, I see it with my own eyes it was a tip and then and, and they've built that lego stadium on, on top of it so there is uh the the, the comparison has been Tottenham and Arsenal because we're so close but because also there's a comparable level in the last 15 years about how you can rate each club um you know it's, it's important to to appreciate what we have as a football stadium in White Hart Lane uh, when you compare it to what they've got down there, and you you know they've they're on they're as we record they're on an unbeaten ten game streak or seven game or whatever it is, which is really good for them. You know you know it's good for them, but literally fifteen games ago you've got people calling for Arteta's head. They wanted him dead. It's an exciting time to support Spurs, I reckon, in my opinion anyway. Um, obviously we had Nuno coming in the summer, raised a few eyebrows. We thought okay, let's see where this goes. You, you know, where did you think, looking back to the summer, looking at your predictions of what Nuno could achieve, compare that to what you think Conte could achieve already in this season alone? Yeah. You know, is that chalk and cheese or not too dissimilar? No, not, not too dissimilar because I'm like a quite positive person. So when, when Nuno took over, uh, he was like, you know, he was like eighth choice or whatever he was. I was... I was like, well, that's, he's a good manager. He's done all right at Wolves. I, I rated him at Wolves. I thought at the time when Pochettino was in charge that that Nuno might be a good successor to him. But then reality set in, and um, yeah, we it, it was terrible. Like even the first three games, when he won manager of the month, which should, just goes to show what what that means. Um, <laughs> that uh, he. Um, you know, it was just, it was just, it was poor. The football was awful, and it continued that way. We had one game against Newcastle, which I thought we were absolutely brilliant in. But you know, the rea- when you look back at it with hindsight, it was just Newcastle, and they are terrible in their current form. So I, um, yeah, it, 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 it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to work, and it became apparent really quickly that it wasn't going to work. And um, but, but from now where we are with Conte, I, I think my um, expectations are to see better football and to see a team that is um, representative of what we saw under Pochettino. You know, the energy and, and the drive and the will, it, the, the willingness to pull in the same direction was, if it's comparable to that in this, you know, the the remaining two thirds of the season under Conte, that would be enough. The, it, do I, I don't expect us to finish top four. But if we do, I'll be over the moon, obviously. But you know, I just turn it down. No, of course, but <laughs> I, I, it's uh, no, no one would. But 
it's it's just we just want to see a we we want to see a transformation, and I think it's a good thing to be pragmatic at this point. It's like if you're too expectant, like Conte is an incredible manager based on what everything he's done before Tottenham, but he's never taken control of a club in the middle of the season, and perhaps it might take a while for the players that he has at his disposal to 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 perform in the way that he wants them to perform. And it may be that the players he has at his disposal aren't good enough to do what he wants to do. And if that is the case, it's going to take him to the end of the season and manage this season to, before we can see truly how good he can be for Tottenham. And I think that's that's a much healthier way. Uh, not I wouldn't say I wouldn't project what I, how I support my football club onto anybody else, but I would say that have just just hold back your optimism a little bit just so you don't get hurt in the short term. <laughs> And look towards the future and, and know that it's going to be great as long as things don't go completely tits up and Conte walks out because the money's there. He's been guaranteed some st- something, obviously. He, so whatever cool. plan he has has been guaranteed by the club. I think Levy, the, the great thing about this is Levy is over a barrel. He needs Conte and he needs Conte to do well. And so he'll give him the tools that he needs in order to succeed. And if he does that, then we could be in for a really, really, really exciting, exciting next uh, season or two. Like with league titles, said, exciting. <laughs> I think. I was going to say, with all that said, and obviously trying to keep our feet on the ground, is this about as excited as you've been from Spurs that you can remember? Uh, well, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like to in take hindsight out of it, what we could achieve. Yeah. I was excited. I was, I was, I was this excited when Jose took over because he was a serial winner. He he won everywhere. He, like literally every club he'd been to, he'd won trophies. And all we want is a couple of trophies. Not we're not asking for Champions Leagues or league titles. We're asking for success, relative success. So I was excited, as excited when Jose Mourinho joined us. But I've had that experience. I've, we've all lived through Jose Mourinho's football at Tottenham <laughs> and the inevitable failure. Like your first, like your first heartbreak, isn't it, from that, that one yeah. first love? <laughs> you, learn, you, learn, you learn from pain, don't you? And uh, yeah, so with Conte here now, and Conte is fresh in terms of managerial, his placement in, in the, uh, the managerial hierarchy. Whereas Jose Mourinho felt, when you like like I say you can look back with hindsight he was probably a little bit past it um definitely actually it's not probably he was he was past it <laughs> yeah. and Conte feels like he, he's in he's in his peak if not just before his peak it feels like he hasn't he's what is he 50 no what it's 50 no how old is he 60 oh no he was playing in the 90s so he can't be that old or the yeah, two, early 2000s he was still playing yeah he's playing with uh, Zidane and Eckard David of all people so um, between 50 and 60 right that's yeah. he, I think I feel like he's 52 let's go with that okay <laughs> so he's he can't be 12 years older than me he can't, he's managing my football club <laughs> but he's uh, he, yeah he, like, he, it feels like we've got a manager who's who's approaching his peak if not in his peak and that's a great thing that's a great thing we've attracted a manager who shouldn't be managing Spurs. If if you look at the, the last three or four decades at Tottenham, we don't get managers of this calibre and we do have him. So we should be excited. And I, I am really excited by what he's doing. All I will say is the last manager who banned condiments. I remember. Won the League Cup. 
That's true. He also yeah. got sacked after eight games. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. One of yeah. those games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mate, he gave me the greatest night I've ever had at White Lane, which was uh, beating Arsenal five-one. That that yeah. that was under one day Ramos, and he, that that was no nothing that Conte will ever do. I don't think. And and that includes Pochettino as well, because we had some great highs under Pochettino, but nothing will ever compare to that. I genuinely that, that, think about that game every now and then and think, did that actually happen? Or am I just misremembering it? Like, was that just a weird dream I had as a kid? <laughs> or did well, we actually beat Arsenal 5-1 with yeah. that manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a, it, the players that he had there were still buzzing from what Martin Yard built. Yeah. And obviously we'd seen what Sevilla done to us over two legs in the uh, Europa League previous. So they're, they're, those same players are probably thinking, yeah, one day Ramos, although we, he's taking our catch-up away, he might be the guy. <laughs> so they, they were buzzing for it. And then we went on to win the whole thing by beating Chelsea as well. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And, and, yeah, but Conte would have to do something incredible for, me to, for, for, for him to usurp that memory. Talking about that League Cup final, you got Woodgate's winner in that game. Obviously, yeah. one is one is our last trophy. But then you got Lucas's goal against Ajax in Amsterdam, which yeah. obviously didn't, didn't technically win us anything apart from a little bit of pride. I've actually got it on my shirt doing that little celebration, just a plain white T-shirt with Lucas jumping in the air because it's just a you know it's a, it's a massive cult thing really. But of course it is, yeah. Yeah, but you know, do you prefer a goal? Do you just fucking love goals? Goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but out of the two, I think, um, yeah, and when that goal went in, I was so spaced out that I couldn't fully appreciate the occasion, which is one of my life's uh, regrets is that I I wasn't compass meant us to fully appreciate <laughs> what 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 that that moment was about. And I was in a pub, in, uh, like a sports bar in in the center of Amsterdam, in like the proper center, but anyone who's been to Amsterdam will know, um, just if you come from Central Station and cross the river onto the left, there's a big sports bar there. Um, and yeah, I was in there and it was mayhem. It was, it, I've never seen a pub go off like it, it in terms of football related stuff. Okay. What's your favourite Spurs kit ever? This is, this for us is... Ever? This is, do you know, do you know what? Favorite. I would say th- this season's is one of my favourites because all I want is, um, I don't want a a sports... Uh, like added, I don't want Adidas and Nike to reinvent Tottenham. I don't like. I know they have to do it to make to to make the changes in order to make people buy football kits. Because if you don't make significant changes, then perhaps people won't buy as many as they would. But uh, this season's is is quality compared to last season as well, which is an absolute. Yeah, it was, it was, was horrid. horrid. Yeah, it was terrible. The worst in the football was the kit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was an, an awful, awful kit. Um, but this season's is is quality. I love just just a plain white top. Uh, I would I'd say I, I, you know I've got a fond fondness for the you know the all white strips of European ties. Um, I think in in recent years probably my favourite. I, I I actually rated the the one that looked like we'd been run over by a truck. The the tire the 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 yeah, strip was that 16, 16 17 wasn't it when it Delhi was on fire. Yeah, that was. I mean, and that's probably uh, often the football dictates how much you love a football uh, a, a kit. And you know, when when we qualified for the Champions League for the first time on the Harry Redknapp in two thousand ten eleven, and that kit was the worst, one of the worst ones we've ever had. 
But you look at it and can't think it. around a bit on the chest. That's it. Yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't think about that without fondness. So, yeah, yeah um, I, I can't say I'm one for kits. I haven't owned a Spurs shirt since I was about eight. So I'm not, I'm not really in into the kits. I couldn't really, you know, right now, certainly in the modern era, they're just um, a money money making exercise. But yeah, this season's I think is my favourite for a long, long, long time. To try and get you thinking about if there was a cult eleven of like Spurs players, they don't have to be good. They just have to be like players that you've you've seen and you love them. They might have yeah. been absolutely terrible, but they, they were entertaining. You just like seeing them around. Hmm. Um, we're we're from slightly different eras. Like we're late twenties now. I mean, actually, we have to admit it's late twenties. So yeah. yeah. It was my birthday. Happy birthday yesterday, and I said happy birthday. How old are you? Twenty-eight. I said, as the I wouldn't buy myself in Football Manager now. That's sort of the age I've reached. <laughs> All I would say is the thirties were the best decade of my life. Oh, really? Yeah, they're amazing. Oh. Superb. I'm looking forward to it. Man. Yeah, you should. I'll be dreading it, but it's one day <laughs> no, closer to death. But no. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, we're not talking about existential crises here. We're talking about what <laughs> your experiences and your how you handle yourself. I found I found my thirties to be the most comfortable I've I've, I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, Ash, I don't know if you've been thinking of any. I don't know how you best want to do this, but you just want to kind of. I've got a goalkeeper if you want one. Do you? Yeah. Radic Cherney. Radic Cherney. He crossed my mind, to be fair. (laughs) Just because he he was in goal for that game against Arsenal in that 5 1, the 5 1 game we just talked about in the League Cup. Uh, I don't remember anything about him other than than that. I I, I mean, he he played a few games for us, but I don't think many Spurs fans would look back at our history of goalkeepers. And and think about Radic Cherney, but he was the guy in goal who was, um, you know, he he was the keeper in in my greatest ever game at White Lane, or my what I experienced to be the greatest ever game. So Radic Cherney would be my number one. I have to sort of embarrass myself and say I had to Google a list of old Tottenham goalkeepers because I just couldn't <laughs> yeah, remember I any. We've had Loris for so long, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And I remember seeing Cherney. I was like, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you. What he, he looked really. like, what shirt number he wore, anything. He was number 12, I remember um, that. Because uh, Paul Robinson was uh, yeah. shit for a bit and he got dropped. Yeah, <laughs> so Paul, Paul Robinson, where, I remember when, when we beat Arsenal and we did this, uh, you know, the players ran along with uh, in arms, the squad ran along in arms and uh, and ran to the, in a sort of Klopp-esque Liverpool fashion, ran to the, to the fans and sort of celebrated. And... Um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Paul Robinson refused to be a part of that. He just sat on the bench, which wasn't great. But uh, didn't know that. Miserable. It was a bit miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I went for uh, the one that came to mind was Aurelio Gomez, and literally for no footballing <laughs> reason whatsoever, just because his arms were fucking massive. <laughs> That's his the only thing massive. I remember him his for. His throw was massive. Do you remember when he did yeah. the crossbar challenge in Soccer AM, and he he threw the ball. He didn't kick it. He threw it. I'm pretty sure yeah. he went over the bar. Like, <laughs> yeah, he he was a, a bit of a mad one because me and um, people that listen to the Fighting Cock will know that a big part of it is Ricky. And um, we were in a pub in North London watching Spurs play PSV in um, uh, uh, it was a penalty kick knockout for the Europa League. Um, we we had them at the the Eindhoven. I don't even say I can't remember. I don't even know what name name of their stadium's called, but. They, uh, yeah, he uh, saved four or five penalties and knocked us out. Mm. And we signed him the, the, the summer yeah. after. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, but but by and large he was a catastrophe, but made incredible <laughs> incredible saves. Like we beat Arsenal yeah. that that um the Danny Rose goal that when we beat Arsenal two one. I'm pretty sure yeah. Gomez was in goal for that, and he pretty much kept us in the game. Like he was an incredible goalkeeper, but also an absolute fucking nightmare. But, liability when it was like was it Real Madrid and Chelsea where he just let the ball go through his legs. Yeah, like both well, times. It was awful. Yeah, the Chelsea one was unfortunate, but the Real Madrid one was the uh, we were four 0 down, and Ronaldo <laughs> hit a shot from about forty yards, which was tame, and it, 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 he sort of let it in. But you kind of loved him for it. He was typical Spurs. Like he, he yeah. I mean, I, I, do you know what? Based on what the, the conversation was just had, I'd, I'd happily replace Ronaldo <laughs> for Gomez. My problem with Gomez is. Everyone harps back at that uh, Gareth Bale hat-trick against Inter Milan at the San Siro. Uh, and everyone makes his lyrical about it. And yeah, all right, it was great. But one, we still lost a game. Yeah. Two, that was down to Gomez getting sent off. Yeah. I was in the I San Siro. The first. Oh, really? It's like 10, 15 minutes in, wasn't it? And he, yeah, well, he, 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 he not only uh, gets sent off, we go 4-0 down in the first half. Yeah. And you've gone all, all the way over to Italy, <laughs> thinking Spurs are back. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and luckily, <laughs> luckily, obviously, not luckily, it was sort of fate that, that Gareth Bale needed a Champions League stage to announce himself in a way that we knew that he, you know, we, we knew what Gareth Bale was capable of. And, and on that night, he proved it. And while, you know, we lost the game, it, it was a victory because that wasn't a victory. That's bullshit. It was never a victory. <laughs> but that you could hold on to some, some semblance of dignity based on what Gareth Bale did. And not just Gareth Bale. Lennon had a chance to score as well. We could have pulled that back to 4 all. Um yeah. And if, you know, if Gomez hadn't... Look, if if Gomez hadn't been sent off, Gareth Bale may have never done what he'd done. Mm. So, um, I think I, I think Gomez, number one, actually. Wow. There we go. I actually love Sullivan out of the blue. Because um, <laughs> I, I love goalkeeping. Um, because I'm terrible at football. So I kind of have to. But when I was growing up, so I grew up watching the sort of late 90s, early noughties kind of stuff. That's when I kind of got to know Spurs and fall in love with it properly. Obviously, I've always been, you know, you're born, you put a Spurs badge on you. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. But when I can actually remember Tottenham playing, it was, I remember Neil Sullivan being a goal and he could pull out some some unbelievable saves. And Yeah, I think that, that, that For me, that, that, that sticks in my mind. Like, he was only there for like a year or two. He didn't... <laughs> Yeah, I think he was he was underrated. He didn't have a great career, but I thought he was great. Yeah, no, he, I, I think uh, where where Spurs were at that time, Neil Sullivan was about as good as we were going to get, and it, mm. that's not to say he, uh, that he was he's probably better than what we had at that time. You know, I think it was Neil Sullivan, Casey Keller were juggling. Oh, yeah. I might be missing yeah. up my timelines, but I think that's pretty much where it was. And they pretty they were sure Keller replaced him. That was it, right? Yeah, I, yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked Keller as well, to be fair. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we're buying goalkeepers from, I think he came from Millwall, Keller, if I remember rightly, or at least played for him before. And Sullivan came from Wimbledon, I think. Mm. He's, yeah, he got done by um, Beckham, didn't he, from the halfway line? Yeah, we thought, that, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> proper Spurs that was. So, let's get him in. <laughs> Like I say, that that era has kind of shaped my kind of cult heroes a bit. Um, so looking at kind of fullbacks as well, I can't <laughs> look past Stephen Carr because 
he was always the one busting a gut. And obviously, I'm from Irish descent, so I'm 100% biased. I don't care. You know, he's a proper warden number two, did the number two stuff. Was all right at it. No, he was good. He wasn't just all right. He was. He was. He was great. He was. Um, he was superb. He. He. It, somehow, from right back, he was our best player. Uh, he was the player that were was at the time. Like Manchester United were trying to buy him, but he was under contract at Spurs. that made it impossible for them to do it. Um, but yeah, no, he was like we had one of, if not the best. And the pint down. squash just fucking. <laughs> so sorry to ruin your flavour. Oh, I'm That's in trouble right. here, boys. It's not got over your over your equipment, is it? No, no, it's just some um, some pugs. <laughs> some pugs, some dogs. Uh, no, no plugs. Oh, plugs. Oh shit. <laughs> That's all right then. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to carry on while you, you sort it out. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to mute myself. I'm showing right. myself the towel, but no worries. Crack on. No, so uh, yeah, so he he was um yeah he was superb and 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 Manchester United tried to buy him he was under contract it made it difficult and he was um <clears throat> as a fan back then you realised you had a you had a right back that almost anybody else in the league would want it's just that you can't build a team around a right back and uh, Stephen Carr I think that it was it was well covered at the time that he wanted out he wanted to move on but he just wasn't able to because he signed a he signed a contract similar to Kane not that he was anywhere near as good as Kane but it was a comparable situation I'm the lesson sure here he... is don't fucking sign long contracts <laughs> that's honest <laughs> yeah especially if your name's Harry doesn't fucking work either does it <laughs> no. but um I th- I'm pretty sure he was, he was playing for the uh, Tottenham Legends against Inter at the um the inaugural game at the lane I remember it yeah. and I remember watching him thinking he'd still do a job in our first team now. Yeah, he, he looks active, didn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he was he was decent. I think uh, in terms of cult cult right backs, I would I, I'd, if from my early days, my, my the first right back I remember actually the first right back I remember is Mitchell Thomas, um, and I don't remember a great deal about him. Just remember watching him, but. It was Dean Austin. We had we we signed two uh, fullbacks from South End United. We we signed Justin Edinburgh and Dean Austin. We brought them both through, and they became our mainstay. Uh, Dean Austin won us the FA Cup. He was he was in the team. I think with Edinburgh actually he was in. Or it might have been Pat Van der Howe on the left. I'm not sure. But the we had these two kids from um, from South End, and they. They were our fullbacks. So I, I, my my shout for this Colt eleven would be Dean Austin, just because, as a kid, remember watching him play. I possibly couldn't add anything to a conversation about Dean Austin. Dean Austin, no, no, fair, fair enough. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm older than you. Like, I'm ten years older, pretty, well, like, fucking twelve years older. So I, I remember Dean Austin. You'd been about born when Dean Austin yeah. was just retiring, I suppose. <laughs> I think it says a lot about me. He wasn't very good. I wrote down was Jim Bonda. Jim Bonda was, yeah. Just because we had him yeah, twice, didn't we? Rennap brought him back. Did it, is it, was that another one that you brought back? Yeah. Jim Bonda. Yeah. yeah, from Black. We don't talk about yeah. it enough. If we shouldn't. We should We should never let that story die. Um, <laughs> Jim Bonda. My, my favourite thing about Jim Bonda is that when Spurs, I think that, I think I, I've got my timelines correct. Spurs got beat by West Ham under Yole, which meant that we weren't going to finish above Arsenal. Arsenal beat Wigan on that day at Highbury. 
which meant that they were going to finish above us. And Chimbonda went into the dressing room after the game to Paul Jewell, who was Wigan's manager at the time, and handed him a transfer request. And Spurs, <laughs> Spurs then bought him. But yeah, he was... Uh, <laughs> you remember the, the song, uh, what, Who's that bombing down the wing? Is it yeah. Chimbonda? <laughs> Is it Chimbonda? He wasn't great, but he was... He was a step up from who was it? Stout Terry before him, I think. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, would it have been? I don't know. Uh, yeah, remember. I think so. And then Alan Hutton sort of come after him. Yeah, that's and right. Then, yeah. Jim Bond came back again. Um, it's like syphilis. It keeps coming back strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you talk about when I was gone? I've, I've sort of dealt with a squash. I don't want to. Have you said any names uh, apart from Dean Austin? Uh, it was just Dean Austin. Oh, all right. So we managed to do four minutes of Dean Austin. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I do a shout out for the left back, uh, Tramazani? Yeah. yeah, go. Do you remember? Yeah, him? I was going to say him. <laughs> he's, I think he's the reason everyone was a bit uh, worrying about the Italian Revolution, isn't he? Because he, he played like seven games and then was just dog shit. He's also like I've never seen a uh, Italian with, with with red hair, and uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he was terrible. Um, uh, do you know what the best shout for left back would be? Because it's uh, having a Colt eleven isn't about picking the shittest players, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say Eric Edmund, just for the for oh, the goal yeah. against um, yeah. against Liverpool, which will never be replicated ever again. He was an absolute screamer. I'd say Eric, Eric Edmund is my is my left back. Uh, I'll yeah, no with, right uh, he, he could have tried it a hundred times. He never would have done it again ever. <laughs> just hit it but so sweetly. Yeah, purely on the cult front, I'm with Asu Okoto because he just yeah, didn't so. give a shit about football. It's just, <laughs> he literally yeah. just said it was a job, wasn't it? Driving around I, in his Mini Cooper. I loved him. I absolutely loved him. I loved the fact that he didn't give a shit about any of it. And we signed Van der Vaart. And I remember an interview saying that he didn't know who he was. <laughs> and just like, and, 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 and it's easy to remember Asu Okoto fondly because we were in the ascendancy at that point. He was he he had, all he had to do was give the ball to Modric in midfield, and he did it over and over again. And so you can look back with fond memories that he was, you know, the best left back we'd had in two decades probably. And all he had to do was give the ball to um, to Modric. But um, do you know what? Actually, I, I keep getting convinced by you. Look, I I, <laughs> I, I, I I would put Asukoto as my uh, cult left left back. We might actually nick this for the fighting cock. This is a good good segment. I like no, it. no, do it, do it, <laughs> do it, um, do it better. Compare, compare <laughs> ours, yeah. You can give it our names and see. So what, what have we agreed? Have we agreed that Dean Austin is our right back? Uh, we, well, <laughs> yeah, considering we spent to, yeah. four, I literally disappeared for four minutes, and the conversation <laughs> hadn't moved off Dean Austin. So we're going to have to put him in. Okay. Uh, put Benny in at left back. Uh, who's in between them then? Because I. <laughs> For some strange reason, I started off with Anthony Gardner because he was just kind of, he was just kind of always there. He just seemed like he was always there, but no one really sure he did. He's like he was there the for eight years. How on yeah. earth was he at Tottenham for eight years? He was yeah. uh, ter- not terrible. No, I think he, he was. He was bad. He was. He was bad. He he played in a back three uh, under Hoddle, and Hoddle had some really good ideas. And you can only say this with hindsight because no fan can criticise a manager from, you know, their tactical understanding of the game because we could never understand what they know. Certainly someone like Glenn Hoddle. But he wanted to play a back line of, of three, and which wasn't really being done in, in England at the time. Mm. 
but all he had his disposable was disposal was Anthony Gardner, Leddy King, who was a novice at the time, but you know he was there, and I think it might have been it, Dean. It was Dean Richards because Dean Richards signed from yeah. Southampton because uh, yeah. we we took Hoddle from Southampton, I think. Yeah. So Dean Richards was 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 brilliant, but um, he was a, a typical centre back. You know, he was a giant, and you know, just say sort of rest in peace because uh, he passed away prematurely. But um, yeah, he we bought him for for a lot of money. I think it was like eight million pounds. But we had that back line, and the weak point on it was definitely Anthony Gardner. So I can't, <laughs> I can't it, it, if Anthony Gardner so, somehow fucks up a defence that includes Dean Richards and Ledley King, then I don't, I can't have him as a as a, a centre back. I'm sorry. But he gives me hope. Just if he can stay a professional football player at Tottenham for eight years, then I can do anything. <laughs> I can achieve anything if Anthony Gardner can achieve that. We we bought him from Port Vale. I'm pretty sure that's that's true. We bought him from Port Vale. Uh, uh, so, I mean, it's hard to look beyond Fatongan and Alderweireld, um because they we had two world class centre backs playing together for a long period of time. Yeah, and you could ask, you, you could sort of talk about Ledley King and and uh, and Mabbott, and if you wanted to go left field. Someone like Kevin Scott, who was a like maniac, would give up penalties in the early nineties, and he was awful. And people remember him just for being awful. And there are centre backs that I can't even recall, but I do recall Kevin Scott. But yeah, no, my my just just on what how comfortable I was watching football and watching Spurs more to the point, and not being nervous or, or scared about what might come our way. Uh, when they when those two played together, and the fact that they were from the same club in Ajax, and you know they they joined eventually from other clubs, but came to Tottenham from Ajax. I, I, I'd say they were they those were my two. Yeah, it's hard to argue. The only other one I'd put in was Woodgate because of that moment, like you said, in the League Cup, just the fact that he scored because the goalkeeper slapped the ball against his face. <laughs> yeah, I was I was at that game as well. <laughs> That, that was wonderful. It was it was an unbelievable moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. But just on the the quality they bring, uh, they, those would be my two. I, I couldn't I couldn't find another central defender. Even even Gladi King, he, you know, if he would have stayed fit, it was probably a better defender than both of them. But he didn't, and yeah. you know, the, it is what it is. But yeah, Alderweireld and Batongan would be my two. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. The only other name I, I just had written on here for a laugh because I do often forget that he played for us. And God rest his soul as well. I'm pretty sure he he died prematurely as well. But uh, I hope I say this right. Goran Bonjeskovic, was it? Bonjeskovic. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I don't know. He, I mean, no, he, no, he, he is. He did a great deal. But I is, think he's sadly passed away a few years ago. But. No, he is dead. Uh, he is dead. But he, he, uh, he, no, he, he has died. That's probably more... <laughs> He got deaded. He got deaded. <laughs> no, he, no, it's probably a, a kind of way to say it is he passed away. But he, yeah, he, he was awful, fucking terrible. <laughs> but they didn't. Uh, that was, I think, that was under um, Hoddle as well. Yeah, it was a similar they, time as. They didn't know where, where, where whether to play him as a, a sort of a defensive midfielder, and maybe in the modern game he would have played. He, he would have been much more useful. But yeah, no, he. Um, there's no fond memories about him. 
really. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll keep it on Toby and Jan. And talking about the AX boys or former AX boys, on the wing, I went with Edgar Davids. Just pure yellow card madness every single game. On the wing? Yeah, that's where he was for us, wasn't he? Did he play on off the left, mostly? No, no, he, he was a central defensive, yeah. defensive midfielder. Yeah, he, he just... <laughs> If we, what are you talking about, like wing, like where Son plays? Well, yeah, well, I, I guess I just saw him running out of position quite often, and just yeah, to, probably just a hound, just, I'm, just I'm 100 in 100% in agreement with you that David should be in there 100%. Like he it, yeah. when he signed for us, I was a part of a message board in the early 2000s. Um, I was going to say no, that'd be fine. I'm sure, pretty sure, no one will find my post from back then. Uh, yeah, it was called uh, THFC Latest Two, and we would just—it was just—it was like the, the, there was no social media then, so it was just a, a message board. And when David signed, it was an explosion of emotion. It's similar to what you'd see on Twitter now, but it was a message board on on the internet. And um, yeah, no, it was, and he was great. He was great the first season under it was Yo, I think. Yeah, he was—he was. He was he was wonderful. Like the excitement that he created from being a defensive player was, it, it would be like, it was, it was levels like signing Essien, if you could, or, yeah. or Makaleli, or, um, you know, even like to some degree that like, while we weren't as excited about Scott Barker, when he signed what he delivered in his first yeah. six to eight months of signing for Spurs, it was that level. And we had this world, class player and it it was it was almost like a throwback to when we'd signed Klingsman in in 94 that we'd we'd done it again like these mm-hmm. these are players that are at the end coming towards the end and twilight of their career but they still had something to offer and they still had star appeal and Edgar Davids when 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 he joined us and we're just watching him play and with his glasses it was it was <laughs> wicked like it didn't matter if he was any good we had Edgar Davids 100% like like Nailed on, Edgar Davids, hundred yeah. percent in that midfield. We'll fight you over Edgar Davids. Like he's going in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put him in. Partnered him with Sandro as well in the middle. I put of, Sandro. Uh, yeah. Just Sandro. Yeah. Karate kick and everything. My um, my future mother-in-law used to work in a, in a bank in Enfield that Sandro used to used to go into, and she managed to get me a signature from him, and he literally signed it as the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? <laughs> It's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it, with Sandro? Because he had all the character in the world and he had injury problems. I remember him getting sort of knee and hip injury issues. But he was fucking great. It, was, it kind of, you look back and, and it, it seems short-lived now. It couldn't have been more than two seasons where he had any any kind of significant impact. But none, none of us, I think, on, on our day-to-day, like Edgar Davids might pop into red, Berbatov might pop into red, Klingsman... But Sandro doesn't get enough love. And um, do you know what? I, I agree. I love it in this because uh, like, everything you're saying is like, I, I hadn't thought about him. But yeah, Sandro. <laughs> Edgar Davis and Sandro. Davis on the wings. What, are we, what, what <laughs> formation are we playing? Are we playing one? Yeah. We're we playing a, a goalkeeper back four, two, and then three, one. Is that right? I mean, we, we can even debate the Colt 11 formation. I've just picked a standard 4 4 2. A 4 4 2. Okay, let's go for that. I'm old school. But you can, like if there if there's a number ten you really feel impassioned about like you can fight me for one of my strikers. If you I'm want. happy uh, happy not to do that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I I think uh, Stefan Freund gets too much love. So uh, yeah, and he would he would have yeah. to take one of those two positions. So yeah, 
Sandro. Yeah, Sandro and Davids. I'll, I'll take that in before. I think that's an agreement. You started out. Uh, what about actual wingers then, Tom? <laughs> Have you got anyone? Yeah, actual wingers. I started all wingers and quickly moved uh, Edgar Davids to the wing. So we'll ignore that. Um, for me, without doubt, it's, it's tough because you don't want to include people who I consider club legends into the kind of cult 11. Because in my mind, like they're different categories. They, yeah. You know, Ledley King yeah. should not be in this 11 because he's a legend. But people don't, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced people talk about Aaron Lennon enough for the impact uh, and the duration of service that he gave this team. And he's, he's never talked about as that star player, in my opinion. And so for me, he's, he's on the cusp of in between cult and legend in that sort of Venn diagram. He's kind of in the middle. 100%, yeah. I'd probably put I remember him. I remember him for his goal against Chelsea when we beat them. Was it after Keane put, was it Bullaroos on his ass? Exactly. And then crossed in for Lennon. And I think that may be the only time in his first career where you saw calmness in his eyes in front of goal. And he just uh, <laughs> took a touch and just slotted it in. It was just a thing of beauty, wasn't it? 100%. Yeah. I, um, I, I, so as soon as you mentioned about wingers, I was thinking about the left-hand side, which is more problematic than the right-hand side. And um, yeah, certainly in my experience at Spurs, in, t- in terms of watching Spurs, uh, Aaron Lennon was was the guy for a long, long time. And uh, it's uh, just he because he, Spurs was so abject for a long, long you know, for, for 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 large periods of me watching them in my twenties, to have someone like Aaron Lennon after Ginola, who I'm sure we're going to come on to. But yeah, having having um, Lennon there was just it just you you know it's, there's a cliche about getting your your ass off your seats every time a certain player gets the ball, but he did when he got he got the ball and he was running and and mm. they were terrified of him they were they were absolutely terrified and it's only got to the point where he's trying to cross the ball and make something actually happen that would have a legitimate tangible sort of product to all the running fast <laughs> then. Uh, <laughs> the the thing started to go tits up, but yeah, no. He, as a as a as a, a right winger, I, I I couldn't argue. I couldn't find a better cult hero than him, because it, it is important to separate legends from from um from from cult heroes. And in this instance, I can't find a better a better right back, uh, right right winger. Sorry. I think on the other wing, I'll put. I'm glad you said Toby. Uh, yeah, no, at least I thought I'd gone only with this one, but I went with Lamella. Just pull, just yellow cards and rollovers. <laughs> you can't get more cult than that. True, although I can't. I have to say Janola only because he. I'm not yeah. again. I'm not going to say anything that anyone doesn't know. But watching Spurs in the nineties, late nineties, we were shit. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so so bad. Like it was just. It was tough. Like we we I remember on the aforementioned message board that you talk about is it, you get to about March and all everyone would talk about is can we qualify for Europe through the Fair Play League? Can we do that? That was what Tottenham <laughs> was. And do you know what? We never did. We never got over the line. We never could get over that line. And that's what that's how that's how we used to talk about back. Uh, Spurs fans used to talk about back then is that what, what what's the best thing we can get out of this season? Well, if we can get into the Intertoto Cup or the Fair Fair Play League and just get into Europe and be able to follow Spurs again in Europe, then we'll take that. Um, we won the Intertoto Cup once, didn't we? I don't think we won it. We were in it. We were yeah. in it once. And so we had 
four uh, registered players and everybody else was just loans and uh, youth, youth team players. And Alan Pardew played for Spurs in that game. We got beat, oh, yeah, yeah. I think we got beat 11 one or something like that. It was we, yeah, we got humiliated in the in Toto Cup qualifiers or whatever it was. But yeah, that, that that's how we we used to follow Spurs. Um, and Janola gave us a beacon of hope that while Spurs weren't what we all hoped they might be as a football club, we had a player that could elevate us. And I could never pick a Spurs eleven without including them in whatever the parameters were. <laughs> Tom, have you got any arguments? Because uh, I think that was pretty compelling. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, Bow, Bow's got to be. Bow's got to be. Yeah, there, but he's yeah. is he legend too much category? Is he, yeah, too much of legend. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, fair play. What, what I did, I remembered. I think it was on this day, one of these on this day posts. Um, we beat Arsenal two one. I think two thousand one. Two one. Was it a one all? Can't remember. I think it was a one all actually. I'm pretty sure Gus Poyet scored in the last minute. I do remember it. <laughs> I do remember it. <laughs> no, you, you said yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I do and remember I look it. back at that time and I think, I did actually enjoy watching him play, weirdly. But Gus Poyet. I was younger and I knew I knew less about football back then. I mean, arguably, you could say I don't know any more about football now. But no, I did was, enjoy um, watching him play as a, as a young man. He was okay. But he joined Spurs as, a, I think, a 33 or 34-year-old. Yeah. Like he's he was done, one of those twilight players. He, yeah, he joined he joined Chelsea as um, you know, in, in his senior years, and he was good for them. And then we bought him, sort of, I think under Hoddle again. I think we bought uh, we had Ziga, Poye, yeah. I think Redknapp was there. Sheringham we bought back. Les Ferdinand was still in the team. Sheringham, him yeah, and uh, Iverson as well. I think yes. it was about yeah. Rule Fox was still around. Yeah, it was like you talk good about transitions. Much. <laughs> Bunchevich played in that side, <laughs> and Anthony Gardner. It just, it just was a cult eleven back then, was it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that just was it. Should have Rico, named that. Rico plays on, on, on as a right wing back, and we had Ziga as a left wing back. And Ziga was unbelievable. Like I, I'm not sure you guys will remember, but yeah. Ziga was. Um, he he was. We, we bought him from. We might have bought him from Liverpool, but I feel like he might have gone to Bayern Munich and then we bought him from Bayern Munich. And we knew how good he was. He, he I remember my uh, being at White Hart Lane back then and my dad saying to me, look at him play. Like he, This geezer is a magician. He's like, he's like a, he, it's art. When he plays football, it's like art. And the way he would stroke the ball and the, fin- the, the, the finesse that he would... Um, it, it was he, he was just... It, he played football like Berbatov played football. Like there were players out there that did things differently. They were effective, but they played the game with an element of poetry that no no other no no, no other player could. And, and and this is talking about like the very best professionals. They may never have, have achieved what those other players did, but they played football with poetry. And Ziegler was was that. And then I remember I think it was around Christmas time. He got a challenge put on him. A dead leg he got. And a dead leg isn't the be all and end all uh, of a, a footballer, but that was the last game he ever played, not just for Spurs, for, for forever. And he got a clot in his leg, I think, and he nearly lost his leg. Um, and it was just a shame because we had a player that, while was at the end of his career, was incredible. He was, he was, he was amazing. But we've already done our left back, so we can't include him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe should have. Put him over. Yeah. Who do we have left back? 
Edmund. Asuakato. Asuakato. I'm glad you mentioned Berbatov, though, because um, one of the strikers I had was Lorente, but I've, I've had to take him out for Berbatov because, uh, like you said, he, he played football like a like it was art. Like that first yeah. touch was like something never seen before. Unbelievable. I'm going to bicker with you here, though, because I think Berbatov's in the legend category. Mm. I don't know. No, because he fucked out. us off. Yeah, he, got, <laughs> he, he was smuggled out of fucking White Lane in a, in a boot. Yeah, but I don't blame him. I think, did he win the treble? You won the treble, yeah. didn't he? He scored five, did he score five goals in a game? As well? uh, four, four against uh, four. Reading. That was four, yeah. yeah. Like, you can't just scoff over that. No, play, but for me, for me, because we talk about him like a legend, so I don't know. It's, it's just one way I might I, disagree. I don't, I don't think he's a I legend. Remember, no, I remember him from the um, remember the 125th anniversary game when we wore that one-off half white, half light blue shirt. Yeah. And we had to come down. We had to come down from four-two. Yeah, didn't we? Four-one. And, um, four-one. Four, four-one even. And was it was it in that game he um just scored an insane free kick like he did against West Ham. Maybe I might be misremembering, but I just remember him being in that game. Um, yeah, he, and he's just, he was just levels above. And we had, we had, some, we had some pretty decent players, but it was just clear. Like some, Tom said, we don't blame him for leaving, but it was clear that he just should never have been at Tottenham. It was far too good. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was, he was. And, um, you know, he, 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 another one, uh, like he just sort of elevated you above your, your seat. Whenever he got the ball, you felt like something was going to happen. And we had some massive results when he was playing for Spurs. Um, you know, when when we beat Arsenal 5-1, uh, he was playing in that game and didn't score. Um, it, yeah, he was he, he he was something that I will never witness ever again. Like Harry Kane's our best. He will Harry Kane will retire, and no matter how how long Spurs remain as a footballing entity, Harry Kane will be our best ever striker in terms of statistics no one will ever beat him it, 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 it would the last time it happened was Greaves right so Greaves, mm. he, he's trying to beat Greaves's record and it hadn't happened for 40 years before Harry Kane come along so we're not going to see that again it, it just it's very very unlikely certainly in our lifetimes but Berbatov while was nowhere near as good as Harry Kane in terms of his ability to be um effective of the things that I will never forget, and I, I won't, I won't have an argument against Berbatov being in this, <laughs> this cult eleven. He's got to be there. I mean, he brought the best out of another Tottenham legend in Robbie Keane. Like he was already a fantastic player, but in that season or two, he played with Berbatov. We saw, I think, we saw the best Robbie Keane we'd ever seen as well. Well, Berbatov still, to this day, says that uh, Robbie Keane was his best partner. Yeah. Despite yeah, winning the Champions like League, forty-five odd goals when they got in a season between them. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But you, you remember, like um, Chris Armstrong. Uh, so, so after um, in '94, Sheringham and Klingsman had a front line of forty-five goals. They 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 achieved together. The season after, uh, Klingsman fucked off to Bayern Munich again, which is why he isn't a legend. And um, and uh, Sheringham and uh, Sheringham and uh, Armstrong the next season got 47. So they beat, the people don't remember that, but they, they beat that record. Armstrong is the other one. <laughs> Fair. I'm, I mean, the one I've got here, well, I've got two, obviously. One is quite rogue. 
because it's absolutely bonkers that he, he came about at all. But I, I still can't really fathom that Adebayor played for us. It's a little bit <laughs> strange that, that that all came about. Do you know what? He wasn't actually that bad. No, he was good. Apart from when he was constantly out on the left wing as well, as it so happens, just never in the box. He used to drive me nuts. <laughs> he he um he was great when he was on loan or when there was a yeah. a transfer a, a potential uh, contract that that needed to be decided. But um yeah no yeah he was uh yeah it's he he was decent he was decent he was a level above what we had at the time. And again when uh, Redknapp brought him in it. It it worked. What we what we had going on, it, it it was the right fit at the right time. Even if the you know the long term gain what gain wasn't perhaps what we needed, but yeah, he he, he did well. Uh, Adebayor. Do you think it was mad they played for us? He was on loan at Real Madrid for a bit, and he scored against us, didn't he? Yeah, in, uh, in the Champions yeah, he did. League. Yeah, he did. Is that is that, is that where we no? We bought him from Man City, but it was after his loan to Madrid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so so what we got? We got Berbatov now done, right? Yeah, that's, that's now done. Okay, um, so Alibaba's one. Robert was too good. Robert I went with. I went with, I went with, I went with Super Pav for my other one. Oh, Pavlichenko. Just because when he scored, they were. Yeah, <laughs> when he scored, they were absolute thunder bastards almost every time. He scored a goal <laughs> against Bolton, and it's like forgotten from the archives because we lost yeah. the game. It was we were two two nil down. I think towards the end of the game, he, he scored a, a volley out of absolutely nothing, and obviously we lost two one. But it was one of the best finishes I've ever seen. But no one yeah. talks about it because it wasn't like you know the one he scored against Chelsea. That was mm. one of those big goals. No one, no one talks about the, guy, the the free kick he scored, direct free kick he scored against. I think it was Spartak Moscow. I might be yeah. wrong. It's been all over yeah. Twitter again recently for some reason. Has it? Yeah, Has it? I did see that recently. And it, it was he, he drilled it into the top corner. It was he went to the goalkeeper's <laughs> side and he hit it so hard that it was the geezer couldn't didn't have a hope. <laughs> didn't have a hope. So what we should have done is a cult cult uh, goalkeeper. It's Harry Kane against um, <laughs> whoever, a star on it. So yeah, yeah. We were there, I was there at that game as well. Um, yeah, I, I think Pav's Pav could be considered. I don't think it's right though. I, I, I don't know what else you got. Well, I threw in Soldado because again, you could appreciate geezer <laughs> was a good footballer. We wanted him to be it. so good. I, joining Spurs. There's that, basically, Burp, my issue with Burp, actually, is he cursed the number nine shirt. We haven't actually had anyone <laughs> good wear the number nine shirt since. Arguably, maybe Bale, but that was controversial. Yeah. But you had after him, you had Pavlichenko, Soldado, Janssen, I'm not sure there's anyone else in between. Yeah. And no one, no one got Anywhere near what Berbatov was able to achieve. And all of these good players would come in and fuck all. I'll tell you what, I've the got most cool thing you could do. How about Peter Crouch? Because like he, he, he uh, no one would remember him. Like he was like a lover geezer, and yeah, you know, people looked at him, and he looked like sort of massive and weird about how he played his football <laughs> and, and stuff. But he was effective, and he did score that goal that got us through to the Champions League at a you know financially doped Manchester City side at the Etihad. Yeah. I he think also got the goal against Milan as well, didn't he? Yes, he at, did at the sense. Some yeah. important goals. Yeah. He beats anyone I suggested. I had Giovanni Dos Santos and Pastiga down as my other alternatives. <laughs> but... Pastiga, Jesus. Oh, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, other, the other people I've just Googled 
um, the ones that spring to mind would be uh, Mido. Yeah. Because uh, he was decent. And um, Canute, maybe. But yeah, no, I feel like t- I feel like Peter Crouch is the one. Canute crossed my mind, but I think Berbatov, yeah, Berbatov and Crouch. Crouch's goal, obviously, against City, so shaped a new era for Spurs. So what is our cult eleven? What have we decided on? All right, so we got Gomez in goal. Yep. Dean Austin at right back. Toby and Yan. <laughs> Asua Kato. <laughs> yeah. Ginola and Lennon on the wings, and Sandro and Davids in midfield. Berbatov and Crouch in the slowest front line you're ever likely to see. <laughs> that, that, that would get us eighth in the Premier League this year. Yeah, but we'd have a good time. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have, have a lot of issues. We can see yeah. a lot of goals yeah. from our right hand side, <laughs> wouldn't we? I'm not sure Conte would do what would what they would do with that. You know, what we didn't mention and Dom uh, uh, Musa Dembele, but yeah, I just, he's too good. He's, he's too good. He's too good to get he into is, the side. Yeah, isn't he? Every even all the pros say he's the best I've ever played with. Yeah, and, I miss yeah, him. I miss him so good. much. Yeah. It's hard to replace, though. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Love that. Uh, right. We did a few shout-outs as well. Um, cheers for sharing them. So we've got about eight followers, and you've got about 800,000. <laughs> um, there's one in particular that I, I can't find it on my stream, um, on my Twitter, about fighting, like, Winks or Dyer, but in various different formats. Yeah, I think he deleted it. I think, was it... Um... Cody Mack who tweeted it. Um, yeah. Was I can't remember. remember how he worded it. It's about, was it like, like 18, 18 Harry Winkses or an 18-inch Dyer? Something, <laughs> something <laughs> random like that. But a Dyer climbing the stands like that, Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, much as, as, as hard as Eric Dyer obviously is... Um, yeah, I could smash up an 18-inch Eric Dyer. <laughs> we had uh, your mate Tony D uh, wrote in and asked, um, is it all better now or are we going to break Conte as well? Yeah, there's, uh, that, <laughs> that's the worry, isn't it? Is, is that, uh, it, it, like, you, you don't believe in curses. You don't believe in fate or shit that we can't see or control or anything that isn't tangible in front of our hands but it does feel like spurs are cursed and we we are going to have to live through decades if not well no you know decades would be the the end of our lives pretty much uh, and 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 not see spurs achieve what we hope they should achieve and it and it should happen because we're no less a football club than arsenal or liverpool or you know if you take away the 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 kind of how how financially doped Chelsea have been in the last couple of decades and how Manchester City are, that we should be a part of that conversation. The fact that all of those teams have won something and we ain't means that you think that we will break Conte. The most likely thing, the most likely outcome of of this appointment of Conte is that we break him. And I think, <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I, I think that we we should celebrate that. I mean, that's, that's our trophy, is that we break good things yeah we we, we destroy anything that's good football. in this world which has become everybody's cult like second team that they follow yeah. just because yeah because we break destroy managers yeah yeah everybody loves it what you like uh you like do you like gareth bell tell him to come here we'll break him don't worry about it what jose Mourinho, serial winner don't worry come to spurs we'll break him conte rated a, a, i'll tell you what what i want to see before fuck winning trophies 
at Spurs. I want to see Pep Guardiola manage our team and we break him. That would be the that would be something that no other club has ever been able to achieve. Well, that would be something that no other club could sing on the terraces. We broke Pep Guardiola. Let's make that happen. And I want it to be a VAR decision as well because yeah. he he will he, he just won't stop twitching. It will it will really hurt. Him. Yeah. As a sort of general appreciation to um to you as well. Because we, we do actually appreciate you coming a general, on. A general appreciation to me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, this will be nice. Oh, yeah, because we've, we've only got about nine. You usually get that. We, you might push us into double figures. So that's genuine appreciation. Oh, no um, so I'd quite, like to, I'd quite like to get to know a bit more about like you as well in general. But like, because I look at you and I think, you know, I think you're, you're, you come across well. You seem like a good bloke. Um, you. But you're just yeah. like another Spurs fan like anyone else. But at yeah, the same yeah. time, I look at you and I think you're, I think you're pretty sure you're a professional podcaster now. And the other day, I've seen you. I mean, I've seen you on Sky Sports twice. Have you? You're, have you been on there twice now? That that fan yeah. fan thing with um. Uh yeah yeah the overlap yeah yeah this is uh, I mean that, that that they're not approaching me because I because the, they 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 rate who I am. That's not how this works. They just <laughs> they need a Spurs fan that they know isn't going to go fucking mental. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean they they I get paid to go on it. It's not like a like a, you know it's not it's not as great. It's not as like amazing as it seems. It's just a thing, and they need fans from certain <laughs> clubs. But, but yeah, sorry, sorry to shit like, on your question. Your last <laughs> match, basically. Yeah, to answer my question, well, the question really is: Do you not think it's mad that you've gone on? Like, did you ever envisage having this this kind of career now, where you can just no. like, talk about your favourite football club? And that can be all you do. No, no, not at all, man. It's mad. Um, so, uh, yeah, back in um, uh, mid midway through 2010, uh, I had an idea of doing a podcast about Spurs. Uh, my brother was a sound engineer, so I knew that that part was going to be covered. But, um, yeah, it was just to do something because I was in love with a football club and I love going down the lane and watching Spurs play and I met up with mates and we had really interesting, well, I say interesting, but just just decent conversations in the pub. And I wanted to, I felt like if we could replicate the conversations we have in the pub in in um, in North London, that uh, we could have something that was, you know, something that, that, that would resonate with Spurs fans. And then, yeah, we did that early on and um because and we were talking about this before we started recording but we're you know we the fighting cock and and everybody involved in that were really lucky because we were at the start of a way we didn't realize we didn't even know what a podcast was mm. and then when um the the explosion of interest in podcasts happened and with it you know football podcast it meant that um we were uh we were carried along in in this wave of popularity and it wasn't really anything to do with what we were doing, I don't think. But because we've been able to do it for a few years, we were kind of comfortable about what we were doing. And we are doing things a little bit different from the other podcasts that had started at that same time. It meant that it was all right. And then um, I got, I left my job, you know, in 2014 and, uh, and joined a football media company who were, who understood how, this stuff works and I learned a lot over uh, the four years I worked with them about business and and um and how potentially you could make money out of it and 
uh, without sort of shitting on what you do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like in 2018, I, I left my job and started working on the fighting cock full time and trying to make money out of it. And and uh, yeah, and, and and because you you you've got every minute of every day to work on it, then you can take advantage of opportunities like the the Sky Sports program, the, the overlap that you mentioned. Because I don't have a job, right? I've got I, I work on this, <laughs> so I can do that and don't have to worry about what my boss would say. But most people don't aren't fortunate enough to have that. They don't. They 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 weren't. Um, they might have an idea, but they weren't at the cusp of a wave that we didn't even know was there so it's uh yeah it's mad it is mad and uh like internally grateful for it and really enjoy what what i do and and uh you know i've been able to talk to you a lot and that which is it's a lovely <laughs> thing I, I feel quite awkward talking about this to be honest but it, it, it's um it, yeah it's a nice thing it's a nice thing uh, it's yeah. uh yeah, i'm grateful i'm really really grateful you know fundamentally what what you're doing is is what we did at the start is is it's just you love your club and you love talking yeah. about it and um you love talking about that's, it with your mates that's, that's jim <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's literally here to keep us within the law but you're right because <laughs> when he talks about doing journalism whatever that actually means like he, you know he produces um like proper tv newscasts and that right cool he, he yeah. will have contacts that We'll, we'll throw him your way whenever he needs a Spurs podcast. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to come to us anyway. But he's always got contacts like that for all right, for maybe for big news things like wars and stuff. But fucking <laughs> hell, yeah. Like it is, it is right if, if you can, because I see um, what's his face, old Ricky Sachs, he's always on Sky Sports now. So he's obviously, you know, a journalist. He's probably, you know, I'm speculating, but those sorts of relationships do happen. Yeah, of course, of course. And, and if, you, if you're talking about last word on Spurs and Ricky Sachs and stuff, is, is that the, the reason why Ricky Sachs is on Sky Sports is because he's crafting. He works mm. hard. Like he's, yeah. you know, you might, he's not, their podcast isn't my cup of tea. I, I wouldn't go to listen to it, but I rate what, what he's doing in terms of his work ethic. And he will be really successful and will get these opportunities because he's, he's worked for it. Like he's he's put in the in the miles, and um, regardless of what he's saying or what whether you agree with it or whether you think he represents the vast majority of Spurs fan base, he probably doesn't. But it, it doesn't matter what he's trying to do, or I, I'd imagine, which is build a career out of it. He's doing he's doing the right thing by grafting and um, you know appearing on these things and and and, and taking a full advantage of when when he does. So I mean, you can't take that away from. Oh no no. What do you reckon we'll, we'll do against the uh, the boys that will probably bounce back and beat us? <laughs> against Leeds? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a weird situation, isn't it? Because we, um, you know, it's now like this is on Conte, you know, isn't it? It's like, what, how, how well is he going to do um, on a, a single game? Leeds at home, they're not doing great. Last season, we slapped them apart as, as, as good as they were in inverted commas. You'd hope that we could see a comparable display this this time. Like I'd take a one or two nil win, hundred percent. Um, but you know, Romero's seems like he's injured, he won't play, so we're gonna have a bat line of uh, Tony Gardner and uh Out <laughs> Batongan. Now we we're gonna have to have I don't know what it might be, it'll be Roden, um, you know, Tanganga probably, Sanchez, I don't know who it might be, but uh Dio obviously, but 
know, it, it, that back line with his conditioning and his understanding of what we we need to do, that perhaps we have enough to get past Leeds. But it is a it's an important moment, albeit very early on in Conte's reign. So, I, so, so I to answer your question, five nils first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good that he's had two weeks to actually work on some first team players. I think that'll help. But um, you're expecting these to come with loads of energy, aren't you? And I can't, I can't see us not conceding. So, um, my serious <laughs> one is three one. Two spurs. I should specify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a home, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> that should make a difference. Just trying to remember my life. So I'm coming back from a wedding that that morning. Yeah. Go literally like batter my parents after sitting in their car straight to the football. Uh, but like, the atmosphere is going to be mad. Like, I don't know. Is this his first league? Conte's first league game at home. At what, uh, yeah, while lane. Yeah, yeah. He's only done Europe in a sort of half. A test. State, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which isn't really a test of one. You know the fans' response to him. Uh, and to the sort of quality of football that he's going to have to come up against in the big games at home. And that's why I think we'll just buzz around them. They're a high-energy team as well, but I think we'll shock them a bit. And They always seem light on players. They've, they've just got that squad that just hasn't got the depth to, to really push on. Like it's, it's a bit of a concerning year for him. And also, my missus is a Spurs fan. Well, this obviously, is... I'm happy to go on record and say I, I, I do love her, but I hate Leeds. <laughs> I hate Leeds. This... Um, uh, this um... This is this is the, 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 the this game sold out like double quick, and this is because obviously Conte was in charge, but it sold out double quick, and 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 that hasn't happened since we opened this stadium. It's all you could find tickets. So apart from sort of Arsenal and maybe Man United, West Ham, whatever, or Chelsea, you could find tickets for whatever game you want to go to. This game, there are there are no tickets available, and. And it just just goes to show that like one manager, one appointment, one decision that Daniel even mm. makes or <clears throat> could change the complete outlook. Um, so it feels like it's inevitable that Tottenham will win, but the reality is, I'm still saying four 0 I think we will actually <laughs> be impressive. We should do. If it's anything less than four, that's it. Rip it up the season ticket. It's gone. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. Taking absolutely loads of your time. That's right. Uh, no worries. It's an absolute pleasure. No, pleasure is all ours. Trust me. Um, well, I've, shit, I've got to plug the socials, don't I? At cock and ball underscore pod on Twitter. There you go. Go on Instagram. Well, uh, Same sort of shit. Yeah, well, on Facebook. Yeah. Search cock and ball. Just be careful how you search for it because obviously a few other things come up as well. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want 20% off Manscaped? There you go. Oh, you got Manscaped? <laughs> oh, come on, boys. <laughs> Clean balls, isn't it? All one word. Clean balls, yeah. Yeah, use use that as a code. You get twenty percent off. Like it does, it does, it does work. It's so much better than using like the trimmer I use for my face. So, what, so your ball, you, so you're sitting there with pretty clean balls right now. Um, I can, I can three day stubble one say. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could strike a match up here at this point, but um, <laughs> they do this ball deodorant as well. Do we use that, Ash? Like. Yeah, that's I, this is also me speaking genuinely, even though they have said it's the stuff for free, full disclosure. Yeah. But it's like a, they call it deodorant, but it's like a nice smooth cream. I love Get it. Get out of the shower, stick that on. Like, <laughs> and, and, and do you feel more sort of sexually attractive because you've done that to your ball? Um, I do brief for that brief moment. Yeah, but then you sort of catch yourself in the mirror while you're applying cream over to your crush. <laughs> oh, you know, 
matter what's happened, and you look at the state of you. And you just, yeah, this is the thing: is no matter how much you do to your balls, you've still got the rest of your body to look at. <laughs> you know, ultimately, dick and balls are the most important thing, or cock and balls cock is the most important. Brilliant, thing. brilliant. That is, that is how we end. That that there we go. Perfect. Thank you very much um, for coming. No, my do. pleasure. Um, I would plug your stuff as well, but to be honest, no one listens to this. So. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've 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 enjoyed this conversation more than most conversations I have about football. So, hey. uh, yeah. So yeah, big hey, up yourselves. Don't tell your boys that. They'll get upset. <laughs> they do not give a shit. They don't listen to me anymore. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, thanks thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.